You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you look with me this morning to the book of Colossians, grab your sermon notes, or if you have your app there, you can open up the sermon notes. This morning we're launching into a two-part series on God at work. I'm going to spend some time talking this morning about God working through our lives as we do our work. And before I get into the message, I want to just give you a quick preview of what's going to happen next Sunday, because you won't want to miss next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. We're actually going to have four individuals from our Grace Covenant family here on the platform, and they're going to be talking about how they are living out their faith in their workplace, in their marketplace, of how God is doing a work through their lives, just as they're doing like the everyday, ordinary activities of their work. So God at work in their lives in the workplace. So that's going to be happening next Sunday, kind of as a continuation of what I want to begin talking with you about today. But this morning, as we talk about God at work, I want to, I want to give you some biblical facts about the workplace, about the marketplace. Now, I know we all go to different places and to work. We have different assignments in life, different giftings and abilities. I know for some of you, you're in that wonderful season of retirement, or maybe you're getting closer to retirement, so like you're not having to get up every morning to fight the traffic to get to work. But probably for most of us this morning, um, work is a part of uh, the routine of our lives as we're like earning a living, providing for the family, whatever that looks like. What was interesting is I began to look to God's word about the workplace, about the marketplace, where a lot of us spend a lot of our time. It's amazing how much the Bible has to say about the workplace. So I want to begin this morning with five biblical facts. They're going to be on the screen. And I want you to see how God has been working in the workplace. Five statements. The first is this. Of Jesus' 132 public appearances, 122 were in the marketplace. Amazing. Second statement, of 52 parables that Jesus told that we have recorded in the New Testament, 45 had workplace context. Third statement, Jesus called 12 workplace individuals, not clergy, to build his church. I think that's interesting. Number four, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost came to the marketplace, not the temple. Number five is this, of 40 divine interventions recorded in the book of Acts, 39 happened in the marketplace. So just look at this slide just for a moment. I apologize. We lost a projector this morning, so that's why obviously it's not working over here on this side. So if you could look across the room, let's just focus on this just for a minute. Just kind of look through those again, because I want us to interact for just a moment about what's on this slide. Five biblical facts. Here's the question this morning. What do you think these biblical facts tell us today? What what do these biblical facts communicate to us present day reality? So you're going to have to be really loud. Yes, Connie? Huh? You don't have to be in church for God to work through your life. Actually, we come to the church building... But oftentimes we say, well, this is church. No, this is not the church. People are the church, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you're the church. So the church gathers in a building called the church building, but we don't have to be in the church building to be about God's work. That's, I think that's a, a great takeaway from these biblical facts. Someone else. God can use you. Thank you for being loud. 
in my death state. That's very helpful. God can use you where you are. So wherever you are, wherever your assignment may happen to be, and we have a lot of different assignments here today. We have individuals who work in construction. We have individuals in the racing community. We have individuals in the bank, individuals in factories, individuals who are running their own companies. And we're in all, we're in, we're all in a lot of different places. But God can use us wherever we're at. In the workplace, in the marketplace. Great takeaway. Someone else. Work is our mission field. Work is our mission field. I love that. The mission field is where? It's outside of these walls. So we come here and we gather in worship to be energized, to be taught, to so, to so to speak, to have our tank fueled so we can go to the place of action. Where's the place of action? It's in the workplace. Matter of fact, two great men, two great men of God, Dr. Bill Bright, Dr. Billy Graham, both said this. They said the next revival is not going to happen in the church. It's going to happen in the marketplace. It's going to happen in the marketplace. Why? Because God's placed you right in the middle of the mission field. So every Sunday when you leave here to go to your work- workplace on Monday, you're actually going where? Into the mission field. Interesting. Someone else. How we walk out our faith is important to God. How we walk out our faith, I'm going to add this, in the workplace is really important to God. Because it's a witness of the reality of God in our lives. Here's another great takeaway from these biblical facts is God doesn't just work through the pastor. Say amen to that. God doesn't just work through the past. It hasn't been one of the mentalities I think that's limited the church. It's been a lid on the effectiveness of the church as we've had this mentality of, well, you know, God's going to do it through the pastor. And hopefully God does. Hopefully he works in my life and through my life as I'm doing my work. But please don't limit it just to me. There's one of me. There's a whole lot of you. If it's all left up to me, how many of you know we're not going to get much done? But if we can mobilize everyone in the pew, look around you this morning. Look at everyone. There's a lot of folks in the balcony. So in the balcony, on the main floor, look around you. If we can mobilize all of this, man, the church becomes what? It becomes a dynamic force. So what we see from these biblical facts is it's not just the clergy that God works. It's not just the pastor that we are all ministers of the gospel. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then what are you? You are a minister of the gospel. You have an assignment, and your assignment happens to be in a marketplace, in a workplace. Your assignment's in the middle, in the middle of the mission field. So God at work in our lives and in our work. So your work is really more than your work. Your work is a place of opportunity. It's an opportunity to live out a contagious faith. There in your notes this morning, by God's design and by God's plan, every human being is blessed with talents and abilities. As we put our abilities to work, what do we do? We honor God with our lives. And we're a living witness of God to a watching world. That's what happens when we, when we take our faith into the marketplace. And the place we do our work, wherever that would be, is the place that we get to walk out our faith. It's the place that we get to, that we get to work out our faith. It's the opportunity every working day to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and to work through us. You know, it's, my, it's my belief that we've limited the effectiveness of the church, the effectiveness of the church to mission, because we put way too much focus on Sunday and not enough focus on Monday. I'm all for Sunday gatherings. I love the time that we can come together and celebrate and be encouraged to be blessed. I love these corporate gatherings. 
But again, the corporate gatherings we have on Sunday should position us for the real work on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. What God at work in our lives, in the place of work that he's called us to. Dick Halverson summarizes it really well. I love this statement, so I put it in your notes. He says, there's there's a distinction between church work and the work of the church. Church work is what you do for the organized institution of the church. The work of the church is what's done between Sundays when the church is scattered all over the metropolitan area where it's located in homes and schools, offices, on construction jobs, and in marketplaces. It's the work of the church in the marketplace that has the greatest potential to impact our community, to impact our world. The reality is is that, that people who are far from God today are not coming to the church to get saved. There was a time I remember... 45 years ago, when we would have revivals, we'd have a week of revivals, and people would, I mean, um, not hundreds in the little community I grew up in, but there were a lot of people who would come to the church to get saved. But guess what? People are not coming to the church to get saved today. People who are far from God, they're not even thinking about getting up early on a Sunday to come and hang out with a bunch of folks they don't even like. They're not interested in that. But the, the people who are like far from God are in your workplace, and rather than them coming to discover God, you get to go to them and let them see what God looks like. Where? In the marketplace. In your your workplace. The exciting thing is, is that every day you get to be a living representation of the gospel. You get to be the good news wherever God's taking you. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit, not just to do your work well, but to represent Jesus where? In the marketplace. And we have the help of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many of you would be aware of this. I don't know if you follow the church calendar, but today is the day of Pentecost. The day that we celebrate in which God poured out the Spirit to empower the church to be the church. You know, as I think of significant events that happened in the New Testament that's recorded for us in the New Testament, there's at least four. The first would be the birth of Jesus. Would you agree that's pretty significant? When God revealed his redemption plan as Jesus was born through a virgin in the town of Bethlehem. The second day of great significance recorded for us in Scripture is the crucifixion. When Jesus died, when he was crucified, when the one who who had no sin, who knew no sin, became sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteous of God. Pretty significant day. The third day of great significance recorded for us in the New Testament is the resurrection. Without the resurrection, the crucifixion wouldn't mean much. It was on the third day that Jesus defeated death on the grave. He arose victorious that we might have, what, abundant life and eternal life. So the resurrection is significant. The fourth day of great significance recorded for us in the New Testament It's the day of Pentecost. Fifty days after the resurrection, what Jesus said would happen, happened. Because if you look in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus, before going to the cross, talked with the disciples about the Holy Spirit. He says, hey, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the one who's going to empower you to be my witness in the world. And what Jesus told the disciples about happened, Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, as the 120 were gathered in the upper room, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and those in the upper room were radically transformed. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They were given help to do what? To carry the message of the gospel into the marketplace. 
That's why 39 of the 40 divine interventions or or miracles that are recorded in the book of Acts happen where? In the marketplace. As the disciples were empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry forth the message of the gospel. So the good news for us today is what? We have help. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you have help. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit being poured out to empower us to live supernaturally. Where? In, in the marketplace. That we, might, that we might take the extraordinary into the ordinary place of the marketplace that people might experience Christ through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I grew up as in... Uh, I grew up a pastor's kid, Pentecostal church. So from a young age, I was taught about the Holy Spirit. Had a solid doctrine of the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. I was taught about how the Holy Spirit empowers, how the Holy Spirit brings dynamic supernatural gifts. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the the power gifts, if you will. So I had a, a solid theology of the Holy Spirit. However, it was a bit faulty. And here was the point of thought is that I was taught that the Holy Spirit worked in our worship services on Sunday. No one ever taught me that the work of the Holy Spirit was really for Monday, not just Sunday. It's in the Mondays and the Tuesdays and the Wednesdays that the Holy Spirit wants to empower us to do our work well. The Holy Spirit wants to bring the gift of discernment so you as a business leader can make wise decisions. The Holy Spirit wants to bring creative ideas so that you can bring the best idea to your workplace. And it's not because you're so smart. Listen, it's because the Holy Spirit gave you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. What the supernatural happening in your life, we're in the workplace. See, I happen to believe that the supernatural, the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit, though we should not neglect those on Sunday, that they're actually more for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and about the everyday of us living out our faith in the workplace than it is just for our corporate worship gatherings. That the Holy Spirit would empower us. I mean, that's what we see happening in the book of Acts. That's why the day of Pentecost is so significant. The Holy Spirit given to help us what? To live out our faith as we're in the marketplace so that people could experience the reality of Christ in our lives. So with it, with the understanding of the help that we have to do our work well through the Holy Spirit, let's look to what Paul had to say about God at work and about your work life, my work life. Colossians chapter 3, two verses, verse 23 and 24. Pretty profound. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Notice that last line, verse 24. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So Paul begins with these words, verse 23 and 24, whatever you do. And we have people here this morning because we have a large number of people here. We have folks representing all different kinds of vocations and careers. And we have contractors. We have folks who work in the racing world. We have corporate folks working at Bank of America, Lowe's. We have educators here this morning. We have um, individuals who work in factories and the service. And I mean, we have people working in all different kinds of places. But what I would want you to catch this morning from this is that wherever you work, it's significant. Wherever you work, wherever you go to do your work, it it really matters. 
mean, this verse is what it's to us. Because Paul says, whatever you do, whatever you put your hands to, he says, do it as unto the Lord. Do your work, whatever that work is, we should be doing it as that of a gift to the Lord. So do your work as unto the Lord. In other words, don't don't go to work and give half effort. Don't listen, don't go to work and give your minimum and try to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Don't go to work and try to get out of work. I, I remember several years ago when I was working in the marketplace, I worked with a with a gentleman who actually worked harder at getting out of work than he would have had to work if he really did his work. You ever work with someone like that? Don't do that. Paul says here, whatever you do, it's significant. Whatever that is that you do, do your work as unto the Lord. And then it goes on to say it's the Lord Jesus Christ that you're serving. Not the employer, not the company, not the corporation. It's Christ that you're serving. And if we take this passage of Scripture, these two verses, and we really begin to put this to work in our lives, let me tell you what's going to happen. First is this. You're going to excel in the workplace. Let me tell you why you're going to excel in the workplace. Because you're going to show up and you're going to bring your best game every day. Well, you're doing your work is under the Lord. The the second thing that's going to happen is is you're going to honor God in your life. You're taking your abilities. You're putting them to work. You're honoring God. third thing that's going to happen is you're going to get rewarded. Hopefully in this life, how many many of you know bonuses are good? Come on. Bonuses are good. And we all like bonuses. But you're going to be rewarded, hopefully in this life, but certainly for eternity. If you look back to what Paul said, he says, as you're doing your work under the Lord... He says, man, it matters for eternity. In other words, God's taking notice. He says, wow, I'm going to reward you for all eternity because you're doing your work as under the Lord. Pretty significant. I think this passage of Scripture really challenges us to rethink work, to rethink our work life, maybe even to redefine work. So as I wrap this up this morning, let me leave you with some thoughts about, about redefining work. The first thing I would want you to know is that work is a blessing from God. It's a blessing from God. You know, there was a time early in my life when I thought work was a curse. Maybe you had that same way of thinking. I thought it was work that I had to do that kept me from the very things that I wanted to do. I also had this twisted theology. I thought work was a part of the curse. For real. I thought thought we had to work because Adam and Eve messed up in the garden. Like if they hadn't have, you know, taken the apple, if they hadn't have like messed things up, like we could have like an endless life of vacation. I mean, think about that. We have to work and it's all Adam's fault. That's what I thought. But my theology was wrong. This is what I came to discover is I dug deeper into God's word. This is what I came to discover is that work is a part of God's plan. Work is a part of God's design, that we are created in the image and likeness of God who works. God works, and we're created in His image to what? To to do work. So it's not a part of the curse. Work is actually a blessing. It's a gift from God. Now, I know some of you today may not be in the job that's your dream job. Maybe you're not in a 
Maybe you're not working in a place that you love. Maybe there was some downsizing, some restructuring. Today you're just doing what you have to do to provide for your family. And if that's where you're at, I applaud the fact that you're doing that. That you're, you're honoring God as you're providing for your family. But even though your job may not be the dream job, the job that you want in the future, can I tell you, if you begin to see your work as a blessing from God, what's going to happen is it's going to change your attitude. As it changes your attitude, it's going to change your response. As it changes response, it's going to change your output. And your output might just open the door for a new opportunity. As you begin to see what work is a blessing. Work is a gift that God's given us. God instituted work for humans before the fall, before the curse, before Adam and Eve messed up, God, God took Adam and Eve and he placed them in the garden. He says, hey, I want you to take care of this. Minute, let me read a couple of verses for you. Genesis, 2, 8, uh, Genesis 1, 28. In the perfect setting of the Garden of Eden, listen to what God said to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, every living creature that moves on the ground. This whole idea of subduing and ruling over is what? It's work, right? God created Adam and Eve and said, hey, I want you to take care of this. Here's the garden. If you, if you look on to Genesis 2, verses 15 and 20, we see this emphasized even further. Listen as I read. The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So what was God's plan from the very beginning? God's plan is that you and I would work. He created us. He fashioned us to work. So work is not the curse. Work is the, it's the blessing. Work is a gift. Now turn to your neighbor and say, hey, my work is a blessing from God. Go ahead and tell him. Some of you can't believe you're saying that. (laughs) But it's true. Work is also the opportunity to live out the sacred in the marketplace. It's the opportunity we have to to reveal the love and the life of Jesus in in really tangible ways. It's, It's the place where we can truly put our faith to action. It's the opportunity to live out the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus. But for the church, I think we've had this challenge that's restricted our effectiveness. And here's the challenge. We have compartmentalized our lives. And we've actually been taught to do this. I think this is one of the failures of of Western Christianity. Is that we have been taught to believe that there's two worlds. There's the sacred and then there's the secular. The sacred is what's happening this morning. This is sacred. We're in God's house. Right? We're worshiping. This is sacred. Secular is what I do on Monday because I have to go in the world and I have to hang out with a lot of people and they're not very nice. That's secular. Sacred is like, whoa, I'm doing my devotions. I'm hanging out with Jesus and it's sweet. Sacred. Secular is I got to go into the marketplace and I have to solve problems every day. And I have to deal with difficult people. That's secular. And so we've compartmentalized, oh, we love the sacred and we're challenged with the secular. Can I tell you that that's faulty thinking? That if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's not sacred and secular, it's all sacred. It's all sacred. What happens on Sunday? Sacred. What happens on Monday in the marketplace? It's sacred. Why? Because wherever you go, that's where God's at, right? Are you with me? 
But you have the presence of God that dwells in you. So wherever you're at, that's where the kingdom of God's happening. So, so the blessing of, of work is we have the opportunity to live out the sacred in the marketplace. I so appreciate what Oswald Chambers said. I have this statement there in your notes. He says, the spiritual manifests in a life which knows no division into sacred and secular. So Monday through Friday or, or whatever your work week looks like, it's there that you get to live out or flesh out the sacred. It's there that you get to reveal God's love and His grace and His, and His mercy. So whether here on Sunday... Or in the marketplace on Monday and Tuesday. It's it's all sacred. It's there that God's at at work. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, hey, my work is sacred. Go ahead and tell him. My work is sacred. Work is also a means through which we live our lives as worship to God. Listen, worship is so much more than what happens here on Sunday morning. Certainly this is worship. We're involved in worship. We've sung songs of worship. We've celebrated communion. We're receiving the word. All of this is worship. But this is just like one small slice of worship. Worship has to do with how you live your life in relation to God. Listen, there's worship that can happen in your life in the workplace that's just as valuable, just as vibrant, and just as applauded by God as your worship here on Sunday morning. Your work, your work... Wherever you go to work, whatever that looks like, has the potential to be what? It has the potential to be worship to God. We can honor God as we're taking our abilities. So as you take the abilities that God's given you, the talents that God's given you, and as you're putting those to work in the marketplace, what are you doing? You're honoring God with your life. When you go to your workplace and you treat others with respect and you're kind and you're courteous, and you're doing your work with integrity, what are you doing? You're worshiping God in your work. When you go into your workplace and you operate out of integrity and you serve others out of a spirit of humility, what are you doing? You're honoring God in your life in the workplace. So worship is not just limited to this building Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. No, worship is about how we live our lives in relation to God. If you look back to Colossians 3, 23 and 24, remember what Paul wrote. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. So you're really not serving Bank of America. You're really not serving JGR or Lowe's or whatever company you may be working for. You're serving the Lord Jesus Christ through your work. Therefore, our work is actually an act of worship. Listen, when you begin to see your work in this reality, not only is it going to change you, but it's going to change your workplace. Why? Because you see in that, wow, whatever you're doing, not only is it significant and valuable, but whatever you're doing, it has the potential to be worship to God. Tell your neighbor, hey, my work is my worship. Work is also the place where your witness can impact others. Your witness can impact others. If you think about it, it's the workplace where a majority of the church congregation spends a majority of their time interacting with the majority of the unchurched world. So the church on Monday in the workplace is evidence of the church on Sunday is real. 
If it's not happening in Monday in the workplace, then I've got a question about what's happening Sunday. What happens here on Sunday has to carry over into Monday. It's in the workplace that we have the opportunity to live out our faith. It's it's in the everyday activities of our job that we have the privilege of, of representing Jesus. So who are you? You're a representative of Jesus Christ. Every day. Let me, let me see if I can paint the picture like this. Let's say, for example, I know not, I know not all of you sell cars. Um, we have any car salesmen just wondering in here? Yeah, I see it. one hand, another hand. If you sell cars... Um, you're really not selling cars. You, you go to work every day, um, but you're really not a car salesman. What you are is you're an undercover agent for Christ who happens to be selling cars. If you work at Lowe's Corporate, you really don't work at Lowe's Corporate. They may be your employer, but you're really not working for them. You're working for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture said. You're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you? You're an undercover agent for Christ who happens to be working at Lowe's Corporate. So every day Jesus shows up at Lowe's Corporate. Why? Because you're there. Well, you have through your work, you have an opportunity to, to impact others by how you do your work. That's why it's important that you do your work really well. Why? Because you're doing your work is unto the Lord. It was St. Francis of Assisi who said these words, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. I love that statement. Preach the gospel at all times by how you do your work. When I was in college a few years ago, one of my marketplace jobs was delivering pizzas. I delivered pizzas for Domino's trying to pay my way through college. And I was there with a lot of other college students who actually happened to be a bit younger than myself. But I found myself in the marketplace uh, working with a group of individuals who I would say were far from God. So I'm a committed follower of Christ, and I'm working with individuals who are far from God. But I didn't show up at my job quoting scripture. I didn't go to deliver pizzas at Domino's handing out tracts. I didn't condemn my friends for their vocabulary, nor did I condemn their lifestyle. I just every day would go to work and I would do my work and a little extra. I would do the above and beyond. I would go to work and I would I would be kind and courteous. I treat my peers with respect, even though at times I was not treated with respect. I, I would always try to be kind and compassionate. Interesting, about three or four months into my work life delivering pizzas for Domino's, I had two of the young men come to me and they asked this question. They said, what's so different about your life? And it opened the door that I was able to share with them how Jesus Christ had changed my life. Now, I can't tell you those two men committed their lives to Christ, but this is what I can tell you. Through my work, through my work, it opened the door that I could plant the seed of the gospel. See, through your work, what you have the opportunity to impact others for the sake of the kingdom. You have the opportunity to, to, to share with them the hope you have in Christ. You know, in Acts 1-8, Jesus said these words, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. My witnesses. Catch that. You'll be my witnesses. I think we could take that verse of Scripture and 
And we could reword it without violating the scripture to read like this. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Cornelius, in Charlotte, in the greater region of North Carolina, and to the ends of the earth. But impacting others in our work and through our work. Why? Because we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's there's no way around it this morning. It's our works and our deeds that authenticate the gospel. It's our works and our deeds that speak of the reality of Christ in our lives. And it's through that that we have the opportunity to impact others. So what we've discovered today is, is that work is not a curse. Work is a blessing. We've also discovered today that work is not the obligation. Work is the opportunity. It's the opportunity that you have to take your abilities, whatever those would be, and to leverage those in a way that you're honoring God because God's given you abilities. And as you put those to work, what? It's worship to God. You have the opportunity in your workplace, wherever that would be, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in that and through that, to impact others through the witness of your life. It's the opportunity for you to represent God in a place where people are far from God. So work is not the obligation. It's really the, it's the opportunity. And as we go to our work, what we're doing our work is under the Lord because we're not serving the corporation. We're not serving the company. We're serving the Lord Christ in our work and through our work. So may we be those who see our workplace as the place that God wants to do His greatest work because I believe it is. Your, your workplace is not insignificant. It's very significant. And God has you on assignment because I believe He wants to do His greatest work. Where? In your work. And through your work. All we have to do is simply make ourselves available. To say, here I am, God. Use me. Use me in the ordinary experiences, the ordinary places. Do the extraordinary through my life. In the marketplace in the workplace would you pray with me Lord I I thank you this morning that you rescued us that you've brought redemption you've brought restoration and now you're sending us to the workplace to the place that we go on the Mondays the Tuesdays the Wednesdays we're we're building cars we're building houses we're making sales We're keeping books. We're running companies. Lord, you you saved us and rescued us that you might send us into the marketplace. Lord, my prayer today is that we would embrace the opportunity. Lord, that for every individual here today, Lord, from this day forward, may we never look at our work again as an obligation, but may we see it as an opportunity. May we not see it as a curse, but may we see it as a blessing. A place that we can represent you. A place that we are on assignment. (coughs) I I really believe as we begin to embrace that call, that challenge, as we begin to see that, that on Monday we're going into the mission, but we're going into the place of harvest. Lord, it's then that 
that you'll work by your spirit in our lives and through our lives in some pretty amazing ways. Those ordinary places will become extraordinary experiences. Lord, may you do your work, your greatest work, in the place of our work. With every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here today and you would just say, hey, I'm open for that. I'm open to go to my workplace and just be available for God to use me, whatever that might look like. Maybe you're at Lowe's, maybe you're in the race community, maybe you're at Bank of America, maybe you're building houses, I don't know what your work is, but whatever your work is, if you're here today and you're just saying, God, I'm available, do your greatest work in my work life, through my work life, would you raise your hand just really quick? Lord, I pray today for my friends in the balcony on the main floor Lord you see their hand you see the statement Lord that they're making today Lord it's simply this work in my life through my work life so Lord I I can't wait to hear the stories of how you're going to empower us how you're going to mobilize us Lord how you're going to impact others through our lives as we are Lord simply representing you in our work God I thank you that you are at work And you're doing it through our work. God, we celebrate that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.